Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Well, welcome to another edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz from NCAA.com. Look, we've got the Final Four all set. It has been a remarkable NCAA tournament, as we expected. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't predict all the upsets that we saw. But uh, we've got, I think, a fantastic Final Four. Let's just go over this real quick. So we've got a number one seed in Villanova. You've got a team in Nova that, throughout the course of the season, has been discussed as a potential national champion. They've got arguably the National Player of the Year in Jalen Brunson. It's a good chance he's going to win, if not all, most of those National Player of the Year awards. So you've got a player who can win the National Player of the Year award and win the National Championship. That doesn't always happen. This is also a Villanova team that has a chance to win its second championship in three seasons. Jalen Brunson was a part of that first one as a freshman. Now he's a junior. That would put a remarkable bookend now, he certainly could come back, but to his career at Villanova. So it's Jay Wright going for his second national championship in three seasons. This is his third Final Four at Villanova. First one, 2009, which, by the way, they went through Boston, beat Pitt on a Scotty Reynolds uh, coast-to-coast layup. That happened in 2009 in Boston. 2018 in Boston, they knock off Texas Tech. So that's the team coming out of the East. The Midwest, Kansas. The number one team in the Midwest bracket. They won the Big 12 regular season title. They won the Big 12 tournament title, just like Villanova did with the Big East. Well, Kansas beat back Duke in overtime in an epic Elite Eight matchup in Omaha, Nebraska. Kansas enters this. uh, You know, it's interesting. They were a team, uh, maybe not Bill Self's most talented team, but certainly one of his most complete teams, like a team, they needed every single guy to come together. They had their adversity throughout the course of the season, much tougher Big 12, 1 to 10, really got pushed by Texas Tech, lost home games in the Big 12, got swept by Oklahoma State in the regular season. I mean, these kinds of things don't normally happen in Kansas. And yet they came together at the right time. Malik Newman, who you'll hear from on this podcast, sat out last season. He was a major part of this run to the Final Four. Devontae Graham has ended up being a potential National Player of the Year right after Frank Mason won it last season. So we've got a blue blood in Kansas. I think you can now say Villanova is a blue blood as well, not just because they've got the color blue, but they are an anchor program in college basketball. So that's one side of the bracket. Villanova versus Kansas. I mean, that is a big-time national semifinal matchup. The other side, Loyola-Chicago. 
unbelievable story. Look, it is the right mid-major, which I don't like using that term, but the right program from a lower-profile conference to get there for a number of reasons. First of all, unbelievable history. Won the national championship in 1963, helping break the color barrier in the sport of college basketball. That's number one. Number two, they come from the city of Chicago. What does that mean? That means you're going to bring a national media following. Uh, or there'll be a major media following from major media market, excuse me. But they, they are a national story because of their history. Yes, Sister Jean, their 98-year-old team chaplain, uh, has received tremendous uh, recognition and deservedly so. And she has become, as she says, an international story, not just national. So there's great mainstream media interest in Loyola Chicago. And so I think they are a great team. No offense to other teams in the Valley, but if this were Indiana State or Drake, could be great stories. But the problem is they wouldn't bring the national media attention and don't come from a major media market. This is exactly what the Missouri Valley Conference desperately needed after losing Creighton and Wichita State over the last five years. They get a team in the Final Four, one that they added that was kind of questioned when they added them. It is a great story, and it is perfect for college basketball right now. Porter Moser had a great chance to sit down with his family, great family, and get a chance to know him. And I think that you'll see, if you haven't seen that piece on NCAA.com or on my feed at, at the Andy Katz, um, it just really a great family, got great life balance. So that's a great story. They come out of the South. Now keep in mind, other teams had chances in the South. Virginia blew their game to UMBC, got blown out. They were the one. Cincinnati, absolute epic collapse against Nevada. They were the two. Tennessee was the three. And in the second round, Loyola Chicago beats them in the final seconds. The four, well, that was Arizona, which got beat badly by Buffalo in the first round. The five was Kentucky. And Kansas State shocked Kentucky in the Sweet 16. So, this bracket clearly could have had another team coming out of it, and all these teams had chances. Now down to the West, where the team that I was high on for weeks, months, and that's Michigan. Michigan knocks off Florida State 58-54 to come out of the West. They're the three seed. The two seed in the West was Carolina, which got thumped by Texas A&M, a team Michigan hammered. The one seed in the West was Xavier, which blew a lead to Florida State, the team that Michigan beat after Florida State upset Gonzaga minus killing Tilly. This Michigan team is maybe John Beeline's best defensive team since he's been at Michigan. They've got a great diversity of scores. Mo Wagner, who you'll hear from in this podcast, does a tremendous job as an inside-out big man, also showed tremendous sportsmanship in their victory over Houston. And that's the other thing, too. They had a win over Houston that you have to have if you're going to win the national championship. You have to have adversity. They were dead. One free throw gets made by Houston, and Michigan's not here. Plus a, what, 30-something footer from Jordan Poole with the legs kicking out to win it at the buzzer in the shot of the tournament, where there's been many, but that was the shot. So after that victory over Houston, Michigan crushes A&M ekes past Florida State. And so you've got John Beeline versus Porter Moser and Michigan versus Loyola Chicago. You got Bill Self 
versus Jay Wright on the other side. I mean, you have four teams that won their conference championship. Uh, Selection Committee Chair Bruce Rasmussen told me that Loyola Chicago would have gotten in even if they didn't win the Missouri Valley Conference. Now, you can certainly debate that if you want. That's what he said. You know, they did have that win over Florida on the road. Uh, they were very impressive, impressive during the regular season. You know, had they lost in that conference tournament title game in St. Louis, you know, it would have been interesting to see what would happen. This also dispels the myth yet again of the extra week off because both the Missouri Valley and the Big Ten tournament this season ended on the Sunday before Selection Sunday. And yet you've got those two teams in the Final Four. And you've got a Kansas and Villanova team that played late Saturday night to win their conference championships. Um, So it it just shows that these are four schools this season that were winners, that have elite coaching, because I think Porter Moser's done a phenomenal job with that team this season. You know, you could say he's not an elite coach for his career, not yet, but this season he was an elite coach. He did everything that he needed to do to get his Ramblers into position to be in the Final Four. So I, I think it's going to be a great Final Four in San Antonio. That th- It's interesting. 2008, this event was in San Antonio. What happened there? Bill Self won the national championship in overtime. Mario Chalmers hits the shot to tie the game against Memphis, and they win in overtime. And that was Self's first and only national championship. Villanova won, won two years ago, two seasons ago. John Beeline was in the national championship game in 2013, a championship that has been later vacated uh, by Louisville. And now John Beeline has another shot to get there. Porter Moser is making his first trip to the Final Four as a head coach. Uh, Had not been there as an assistant, but as he told me, he's been to the Final Four many times. And I loved what his son, uh, one of his sons told me that uh, he just couldn't get over that, um, you know, he's had Final Four t-shirts and this will be the first time that his dad's school will be on one of them in Loyola, Chicago. So, I mean, this is where I think there's going to be great stories. So I've got four interviews coming up that I did right after the Elite Eight games. So I don't know. Maybe there will be other podcasts where you've got each team represented. But we've got each team represented here, four players from each of the Final Four teams delivered for you right after they won their Elite Eight matchup to just get a sense in the locker room, on the phone, the two sites that I wasn't able to be at to just get a sense of uh, the emotion that these guys were feeling as they head toward the Final Four. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Clayton Custer of the Final Four bound Loyola Ramblers. Um, how does that sound? Um, it sounds, sounds unbelievable. I mean, we, we put the work in to be here, uh, but to hear Loyola Chicago... Uh, and the and final four in the same sense uh, sounds crazy, man. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. We we worked so hard to be in this situation, and we have such a good group of guys. And I mean, it's a dream come true for all of us. Here's what's crazy: you were at Iowa State, and one would think when you're in the Big Twelve at Iowa State, that's how you get to the Final Four, not to a fledgling Valley program at Loyola. So, how do you explain that? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, I went to Iowa State, thought I was going to do big things at, at Iowa State, and then it just didn't end up working out, uh, which is fine. Um, came to Loyola, uh, worked hard, just kept working hard, kept working hard. Obviously, a lot of ups and downs in this game, and 
I just feel very thankful that I ended up at Loyola. I've met so many people that I'll, I'll never forget that are just great people, the coaching staff, the players. Um, and for us to experience this here at Loyola, to bring that vibe back to Loyola, to the university, to, to Chicago, I mean, it's, it's a surreal moment for us. You were not a fluke. I mean, you guys beat Miami, beat Tennessee, beat Nevada, and really sliced up Kansas State. You earned this. You won the Valley both regular season and conference tournament. You beat Florida on the road. At what point this season did you realize something like this was possible? Yeah. I mean, we know we're a really good team. We, we have five losses on the year. Without a couple injuries, we might have less than that. Um, and, I mean, we beat Florida. We knew we knew that was a big win. But I don't think that was necessarily the moment we knew we were going to be be a good team. I mean, then we, then we started. We got healthy in the Valley. We won eight, nine, ten games in a row at one point. Um, and when you start winning games like that, we had a couple big wins. We had a couple grinded out, like didn't necessarily play that good um, and still found ways to win. And when you, when you start winning games, when you don't necessarily shoot the ball well, um, that's when you start gaining that confidence. Like, hey, we're not playing well in these games. We're still winning. Um, and, and that was kind of the moment, like probably like midway through the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, just regular season. So you're a student of the game. You know all the noise that's been going on this season. How much do you think the sport needs a story like Loyola? I mean, I think it's big right now. Obviously, uh, with all the craziness going on with, with the payments and all that stuff, and uh, it feels good to be on a team that did it the right way. Coach Moser has done every single thing the right way. We, we work hard. We, we do everything right off the court. We treat people the right way. Uh, we have character guys. Um, and I think that this is a story that, that needs to be out there. I, I think that it's good that we're going to the Final Four and we can kind of be an example for a program that, that did everything the right way, works really hard, um, and that hard work was shown by, by making it to the Final Four. You know, we've seen in, since 2000, Butler got there twice when they were in a lower-level conference. You know, Wichita, VCU, George Mason. You know, Gonzaga is now an elite program, but, you know, when they first made deep runs. What does this say also to the rest of Division I when a Loyola can get to the Final Four? Uh, I mean, I remember watching those, those Butler teams. I remember watching those games like it was yesterday. I mean, we, I was always pulling for them. Uh, They're really good, um, and, and it feels good. I mean, it feels good. It, it just shows that these mid-major schools, I mean, you can make a run. I mean, if you're a really good team, you play together, you play hard, uh, you play defense, you have to play defense, uh, and you're, you're going to have a chance. If you can get into the tournament, crazy things happen. I mean, we played the lowest seed we've played all tournament tonight to go to the Final Four. Um, so, so crazy things happen, and, and you can make it. You can make it. Um, to the Final Four if, if, if things line up the right way and, and you play hard and you believe in each other, and that's what we did. I mean, you may not have a professional basketball player on your team. Who knows? You know, I don't know. Um, it used to be that you needed at least one. Uh, how much are you guys shattering that theory? Yeah, I mean, we have a bunch of guys who, who work really hard and, and didn't necessarily weren't necessarily born with the most gifts or the most upside or whatever that people say. Um, we're just guys that work really hard. We know the game. We know how to play the game the right way. Um, we can't fall back on our just God-given talent. I mean, we, we pay attention to the details. We work hard. Um, and, and it's shown. And I'm just happy that it has. And lastly, Clayton, Virginia, Miami, Tennessee, Arizona, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Arizona again. I mean, they were all in this south region. They all could have been here, but the way the bracket falls, you guys were here. How much is this tournament about luck or making sure that you earn it the right way and, and beat the teams that are in front of you and, and you can get there? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it helps when teams like that lose. I mean, it makes it makes the path a little bit easier. But obviously, if you're in the tournament, you're a really good team. I mean, we trust the process. We stayed one game at a time. Um, and whoever coach told us we were playing next game, um, we focused in and, and, and paid attention to every little detail that we needed to in order to win. Um, and, I mean, we beat four really good teams to get to this point. I mean, we – Tennessee was a really, really good team. They're huge. Uh, Miami had really talented. Uh, K-State played a whole season in the Big 12. I mean, they finished fourth in the Big 12, which is probably the best conference, if not the second best conference in the country. So, um, I mean, we beat really good teams. So it's, I think it's a mixture of things kind of falling in line and, and just working hard and beating whoever's in front of you. Congratulations. We'll see you in San Antonio. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Late Saturday night after Michigan knocked off Florida State 58-54 to to advance to the Final Four, I caught up with Mo Wagner by phone from Los Angeles. And now joining me, fresh off their Elite Eight victory over Florida State, Michigan's Mo Wagner. Uh, Mo, first put into words what this feels like to get to a Final Four. Um, it's, it's pretty hard, to be honest with you, because this team is so incredibly connected and we always work so hard you know so uh, we always look at the next step and sometimes when you do that you forget the ultimate goal and now we actually two two games away from it and we're actually going to the final four so yeah it's it's pretty incredible you know we've talked throughout the course of the season in the big 10 tournament and you guys got better i mean it's like a fine wine better with age you just kept getting better and better what do you attribute that to um, I mean, that's what we do at Michigan, I guess. Um, I think all my three seasons, that, that, that has been the case. The way Coach Beeline prepares us um, in the off season and just kind of gives us the basics, you know. Um, everyone is introduced into it, and then he trusts us going into the season, and we, we, we focus on the next game or focus on getting better, whether we win or lose, and um, don't look too far ahead too far. And, yeah, just focus on the next step. Every champion has to go through some sort of adversity. Uh, when you think back two games ago to what you guys had to do to beat Houston, yeah. how do you put that in perspective? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, um, I mean, you got to have that perspective for sure because it could have been over, you know, 3.6 seconds, and um, we're watching this game at home. So um, you got to be incredibly grateful for what we're experiencing here, and I think we all are. We know how to appreciate this, and... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend, hopefully. Where does that resiliency come from? I think it's just the nature of the group. I think everyone understands that no one has a personal agenda or anything. It's just a very connected group and just shows up to to work every day and tries to get better. Try embraces improving every day and um, led by two incredible seniors and with Duran obviously as well and Muhammad Ali and uh, Duncan are doing an incredible job leading this group and yeah, it's it's so much fun to be part of it. You know, there was a lot of questions of whether or not with that layoff, you know, how much effect that would have on this team. Uh, I know you guys scrimmaged during that time. Now that you look back on it, you're in the Final Four, so you can't really say, you know, it hurts you. But um, how do you assess what you guys maybe did with that extra time and and how it either, you know, potentially helped you into this situation? Well, it's tough because you can't can't make up the game intensity in practice. You know, you can scrimmage all you want, but... 
Um, it's not going to happen. That's just the nature of it. So it is tough to find the right rhythm, the right balance between resting and yeah, imitating game rhythm, game energy. And um, I think we did a pretty good job. We got better in the two weeks. We went back to the basics, kind of felt like October all over again, you know. And, um, yeah, we were a little rusty in Wichita, but uh, we, we got through it with a little luck. And But that's sometimes what you need to be successful. Mo, you know, you were praised, rightfully so, when you know you stopped i think it was Corey davis to to sort of comfort just in that split second after jordan Poole's shot yeah um how were you able to recognize that in that moment i mean that was kind of crazy to me that that it blew up that way because i think if the cameraman doesn't stand there nobody's even talking about it so um i mean first of all i was tired of chasing jordan Poole around the court <laughs> so i kind of stopped and then he was right there um, and like I just said, you gotta you gotta appreciate both perspectives, you know, both sides of the of, of the game like that. These guys were seniors, mainly from JUCO, has have had a long college career, and yeah, to see them like that, I mean, it could have been us three seconds earlier. So um, you gotta appreciate both sides, and I think that's just yeah, human and nature of it. Mo, I love the way you've embraced American college basketball. When you were growing up in Germany. Is there anything like this that you can compare to what you possibly could have experienced if you stayed in Germany? No, I mean, I got to be very cautious about what I say because now it looks like I made the great choice and everyone has to do this, you know. No, no, everything's different. I mean, obviously everyone makes their own choices. It depends on on the individual. Right. I mean, for me personally, it was obviously a great decision and I don't get it at all. You can't compare um, this opportunity with anything in Germany, the way you, you're able to combine studying and playing basketball at a very high level. But like I said, you got to enjoy that with a certain awareness that it depends on every individual himself. All right, lastly, Mo, and I appreciate you taking a couple minutes here. Uh, when Coach Beeline got in the locker room, when you maybe if you didn't have a moment, I don't know. I'm just curious what he said to your group about what you guys have accomplished and still what is to be accomplished, potentially winning two more games. Yeah, um, we're not stopping. I think that was pretty clear. He also told us to celebrate a little, enjoy this a little bit, just because I think he's coached 40, 41 years now, and uh, he's been there twice now, you know. So this is something very, very special, and you can't just let that slip, slip through. It's just a success and an incredible achievement, and we're going we're gonna to be happy about it for a couple of days, but then it's time to get back to work. Mo, I appreciate it, and I can't wait to see you in San Antonio. Thank you, Andy. See you there. Now joining me here on March Madness 365, Malik Newman from Kansas after an unbelievable epic overtime Elite Eight victory over Duke in which he scored 32 points. Uh, you hit the big time, essentially clinching three, if you will, in overtime to knock off the Blue Devils. Malik, you've had a you know a storied high school career. You've been highly touted. Where do you rank what you just experienced? Uh, I mean, it got to be at the top of the list. Most definitely at the top of the list. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, as a kid, this this is what you dream about. All the AAU circuits, all the AAU games that you play. I mean, it, it, it'll never amount to to playing any Elite Eight game, uh, advancing to the Final Four. You know, your numbers have been pretty consistent this season, but they've really taken off in a significant manner when the games mattered most. Uh, you know, Seton Hall, um, you obviously played very well in your last round against Clemson, and, and then this one. What has transpired for you to where you're just in such great rhythm offensively? Uh, my confidence is at an all-time high right now. Uh, I mean, I'm probably feeling uh, as confident as I ever felt. 
Uh, I mean, I'm having fun with a group of guys that I'm with. And, uh, I mean, we, we're just enjoying the moment. Um, I mean, I think this is what it comes down to, you know, just having fun and enjoying the moment. You know, in watching or listening to the game, and I was out at the other regionals, uh, obviously this was unbelievable. What was it like to play in? Man, it was it was great. I mean, it was great. Uh, I mean, it was one of the, the most fun, competitive games that, that we done had this season. And, uh, I mean, man, just just feel good just going in and compete. Uh, with these group of guys that I have beside me, and um, for it to be a, a historical matchup between between two historical programs with great tradition, I mean it was it was awesome. You know, Malik, a lot of players uh, of your stature would never sit out um, because they just go pro. When you look back at your decision, what made this the right one for you? Uh, you know, I just had to. Uh, I just had to mature some, had to get healthy, and I mean, most important, I just had to, I just had to learn the game some more. And so, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I was up under Coach Steph uh, and his coaching staff. I think they did a great job of, of molding me into what I am right now. And uh, I just think that those guys did a great job of pushing me each and every day. How much of a better basketball player, all around, not just skill, but all around, you know, IQ, everything? Do you think you are after sitting out? Uh, I mean, much improved. Uh, from from all over the court because you know um, I had a chance to to watch Frank, Josh, Devonte. I got a chance to watch those guys last year uh, each and every day in practice, and you know just how they carry themselves. Uh, you know the different the different leadership qualities that those guys had, and um, I mean at the end of the day, those guys they're, they're skilled players, so I was able to steal some things from them. And um, I mean Coach Selby just did a great job of of installing the, the Kansas tradition in me, so uh, I think it just made me better overall. And Malik, I know you've been playing with a lot of elite players in in your life, but you you play alongside one this year, Devontae Graham, who was not highly recruited. Last year you were practicing against one who was not highly recruited, who ended up being the player of the year, and Frank Mason. And Graham, if he's not going to win it, he'll be probably second. What does that tell you about, you know, players like that that have had to work hard to get where they are and the overall talent that's out there that may not get the kind of recognition that you got coming out of high school? Um, you said, what, what do I have to tell those guys? Well, what, what does that say? I mean, you're playing with Devontae Graham. You know, he wasn't, you know, top 10 and highly ranked like you were. And yet he's on the doorstep of being, if he's not player of the year, if Jalen Brunson is, he'll be number two. And, and you know, last year you go against Frank Mason, same kind of deal, player of the year, not highly recruited. What does that tell you? Uh, I mean, you know, don't, uh, don't really get into the rankings and things like that. Uh, I mean, if you can play. Uh, over time, you know, it's it's, it's going to be seen. And, um, I mean, I've seen those guys putting countless amount of time uh, in the gym where, you know, no one's watching it. There's no cameras or anything like that, no coaching staff. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's basketball is basketball no matter what level you're on. And, uh, I mean, if you're good enough and, uh, you know, you work hard enough over time, you know, you, you will be seen. And I think that's, that's what happened with Devontae earlier in the year. People kind of counting him out, uh, you know, didn't think he was going to be able to, to do the things that he did this season. And, I mean, he just kept at it. Uh, he never whined about it, never complained, just kept working hard each and every day. And, I mean, like you said, now he's one of the finalists for, uh, for the player of the year. And, Malik, lastly, I know you got to run here, and I appreciate you taking some time. Uh, you got Villanova next <laughs> and Jalen Brunson and Mikael Bridges, Omari Spellman. I, I know you have, you've been locked in your own bracket and everything, but from what you know about that group, what's it going to take to knock off the Wildcats to play for the title on Monday? Uh, we just have to go out and compete. Uh, uh, like Coach always say, we can't leave no what ifs out there. And um, I mean, you just gotta have fun. Uh, it's just kind of important to believe in one another, like we've been doing up to this point. And um, 
you know, just just compete and play hard, leave everything out there, and uh, I mean, the, the final outcome and take care of yourself, and we can do the other things. Well, congratulations, Malik. I'll see you in San Antonio. Appreciate that, my man. Sunday afternoon, I was at TD Garden in Boston. After Villanova's 71-59 victory over Texas Tech, I had a chance in the locker room to catch up with Omari Spellman. Omari, at what point this season did Coach really empower you to be the player that you've become here in March? Um, he, he's just been telling me to keep playing and just keep being aggressive and keep going out and doing what you do, defending and rebounding. And um, it, it just came together at this time, and, and I'm glad that it did. It feels like you elevated yourself at the right time. Did you sense, you know, those moments where you re- really needed, especially like Friday night and at times tonight, where you needed to just play a little bit more forceful? Um, I just wanted to be aggressive and, and just play as hard as I could and leave it all out there. Um, no one wants to, if you do lose, lose a game and just feel like maybe I could have done this or I could have done that. And I, I knew if I left it all out on the floor, um, I'd be able to live with the results. And it just happened to be good results. How much did last season basically make you cherish and you know each game this season because you weren't able to play a year ago? Um, I think last year it just helped me mature and um, just become a better person. And this year I can really um, value and appreciate playing every game like it's my last. And, and it's it's it just did wonders for me as a person and my maturity level and just becoming better for this team and being more responsible as a player and person. How did you change physically as well? I'm just learning from John Shackleton, man. He's he's the greatest strength and conditioning coach in the business, in my opinion. And he just he takes his job so serious. He's just he's not just talking about it. He's not just advising. He's with me at 6 a.m. doing hot yoga. He's with me eating all the healthy foods that I need to eat. He's with me, and, and he just he makes me want to be a better person for him. And what was this game? What did this game tell you that you know you guys didn't shoot well, you defended well, but it really showed sort of the diversity in, in which you guys can win basketball games. Um, I've always known that our team was extremely diverse and, and versatile, and um, guys just stepped up to the plate. Eric with 14 rebounds, it, it, like it could be any one of our guys, man. And we just try to play every game unselfishly and together with our brothers and we can live with those results if we do that. And lastly, Omari, how has this team sort of embraced being the hunted, the one that's supposed to win? Um, We play every game that hard, not because we're the hunted or we have a target on our back, but because it's our next game. And every game that's our next game is our biggest game. So we just try to leave it all out there, play hard together and defend and rebound for my teammates and coaches. And that's all that coach preaches. He doesn't preach... um, playing that way because you're the hunter, but he preaches playing that way because that's who you are, and that's who we've become. Thanks, Amari. Thank you. And that'll wrap up this Final Four preview edition of March Madness 365. We'll be back next week right around the National Championship game in San Antonio. Great Final Four to certainly pay attention to over the weekend on Saturday, early evening from San Antonio. You've got Loyola Chicago taking on Michigan and Villanova battling Kansas. That's all at the Final Four. The games, remember, the semifinals and the finals will be on TBS. Thanks for listening.